Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood with Mike Tom. We're joined again today by Kimberly Reed. She's an author, an entrepreneur, an inspirational speaker, and a breast cancer survivor. She's truly an inspirational woman. In 2012, she experienced her worst year. She lost her mother to cancer. And then a few months later, learned that she would also have to battle cancer. That year definitely tested her faith. It ripped away her confidence, and she found herself questioning life. But she remembered her mother's optimism, even in the most difficult of times, and she decided to use that in her own life. And now today, she is helping others get through difficult times in their life. She's put a book together called Optimism Always Wins, Moving from Defeat to Life's C-Suite. She's going to share about that book today, and she's also going to share with us more about her own personal journey. We're joined again today by Kimberly Reed. She's an author, an entrepreneur, an inspirational speaker, and a breast cancer survivor. Now, she says everyone has a rock bottom, and she definitely also experienced that. In 2012, she lost her mother and her best friend to cancer, and then a few months later also found out that she would have to battle breast cancer. That year definitely tested her, tested her faith, her confidence, and she questioned her life. But she remembered her mother's optimism, and that is what helped her get through this. Tell us how you took that experience now, and you've used that as an opportunity to to show people that there's optimism out there, and you can make it to the other side. Oh, yeah. Yes. No question about it. And, you know, my mom, I would tell you for 45 days, man, she, whoo, she was a bad mamma jamma. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> and I just made that word up, right? So are you impressed? You should be a bad mamma jamma, <laughs> right? My mom, I'm telling you, she, in her final days, she remained such a shining light for everyone that knew her. One night I went into the hospital and I went to the hospital and there was no nurses on the nursing floor. And I'm like, oh my God, where's everybody? You know, I'm thinking, oh my God, something must have happened to one of the patients or whatever. I went into my mom's room because she had a private room. We made it look like her bedroom because she was in the hospital for so long. Everybody was in her room, like having caucus. People were on the sofa. People were in the bed with her. The nurses sitting on the floor. They were having caucus, talking about men, life, Bible, because my mom was reading her Bible. I, I, I was like, uh, guys, you're going to get us in trouble. Like, and we laughed about it. And everybody then dispersed and went, you know, went on their separate ways. But they were like in there for like an hour, right? Because my mom, in her darkest days, right? And I know she didn't feel well. But she still poured into people. And she was the epitome of optimism. She carried herself with hope, with grace, with optimism. And, and the doctor, her surgeon, told her oncologist, told me, Kim, it is up until her last day, said it is so hard to diagnose her in the sense of pain, level of pain and how she's feeling. The, the film and the CAT scan said what they said, but her, her because she, her unyielding faith and her level of optimism was this too shall pass. I feel fine. I'm fine. It's okay. Right. And who knew guys that that would give me the courage and the examples to face my own diagnosis a few months later of breast cancer. Who knew? Wow. Who knew? So, you know, so, so, so to answer your question, because that was the kind of the backdrop, but to answer your question is you never, you never know what your journey is going to bring you. And 
the lessons that we learn often are our greatest blessings. And there are, there's power in our survival. No question about that. We all have a rock bottom, all of us, all of us in life. And no one can tell you what your rock bottom is. Because as you remember, I said, pain changes who we are, but it also has purpose. And no, did I see that in 2012 on July 31st? No, I did not. Mm -mm. But during the process of restoration and during the process of becoming, you know, unraveling that anger, right, and disappointment, I had to believe that my future self deserved to replenish my joy. And that life changes when our faith in the future is stronger than our fear of the past. And that's what I want people to believe, to know. And in this book that I dedicated to my mother and to my two grandmothers, and all the wonderful healthcare workers, the warriors, the nurses that do this work every day and take care of our loved ones. I want, that's what I wanted them to know that there is a pivot in our pain. No question about it. But it is our responsibility to believe. It really is. I love that. And it's like, Pain and feeling negative emotions is normal, right? But what I hear you saying is it's what you what you do with that that's the important thing, right? And and turning to your faith in those difficult times, allowing it to form you in new ways. Oh, no question about it, Mike. And here's the other thing. You're always bigger than the situation that you're facing. I didn't know that though. It, when I was going through it. No one does, right? Because you're 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 so in it. And depending what what that situation is, you know, for me, when the doctor, after my mammogram, when the doctor said, mm, you eat, mm, yeah, mm, mm, I, we don't know about this one. You know, my oncologist was like, you're taking this so well. You know, I was numb. You know, my mom is no longer with me, but the oncologist said they can fix this. Right. So, I was bigger than that situation I was facing because the oncologist said to me, Kim, we can fix this. And then even through, even a few months later, when I was into my chemotherapy, I had to do an, another level of testing. And they found a spot on the beginning of, on the tip of my liver, which means that the breast cancer had metastasized to my liver. I did not have liver cancer, but I had breast cancer on my liver, which is still is da still extremely dangerous and changes the staging of the cancer from two to four. And so when they told me that, I asked the same question, can you fix it? And so during these, during these events in my life, I had to continuously replay in my mind that you are bigger than the situation you are facing. And you, I cannot delay my joy in my living because of what I'm going through, right? Because I saw my mother do that. She did not delay her joy. Even though the end result for her was transition, right? The end result for me eight years later is still living. So that is 
the C-suite portion, right, of the title of the book. Because defining your life C-suite creates within a person's the authentic optimism needed to reach our potential, that zest in life when you don't see it, right? Because that storm that you're going through. So defining your life C-suite is choosing a higher purpose for your individual life and trusting a higher power to help you move forward in that journey, even though adversity is facing you. You're walking with me? Mm-hmm. 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 So that's what I talk about in the book through these, uh, these discouragement eliminators. There's 10. And I will tell you, there's staying away from our kryptonite, right? Mm-hmm. That's about people, toxic people, worry, right? Regrets. We went through a lot in 2020. We really did. And if you think about it, 2020 was not your worst year of your life. You think about it. That's the power of your rear view. Something else I talk about in the book. 2020, everybody thinks that 2020, and, and I'm not, again, I'm not, I'm not negating the fact that 2020 was, in fact, the worst year for many people. I'm not saying that at all. But I want, but people are, they are being crippled by that fact that they, because they can't move forward because 2020, oh my God, was the worst year. No, no, no. I want, I want all your listeners to close their eyes for a moment, including you guys. Think about, think about this for a minute. Think about 2020. We had some hardships, no doubt about it. But I want you to think about some other years in your life that you went through that were tough devastating, painful, just for a minute, because I don't want you to dwell there. Maybe 1998 came up in your mind, 1972, 1968, 1982, 1920. Now that you have that year in your mind, I want you to think about about how you overcame it, because you're here now. And I want you to think, I want you to take every ounce of grit, perseverance, every ounce of power that you had to get out of it, every ounce of survival, everything of what it took, everything you did to help you rise, that's the same amount that I need you to do right now to come out of 2020 and, 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 and continue to walk in 2021 with your superpowers because you got them. You got them. I love that. That's such a great reminder too. Cause like, yeah, my worst year ever, I didn't overcome it until like 10 years later because I handled it in very unhealthy ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then that like that almost decade later finally came around when I returned to faith, I did the tough things that God requires you to do, but ultimately the right things, right. And mm-hmm. what a great reminder now that we can make it through these tough times the same way, just mm-hmm. using our faith. That's right. And you said something very, you said something very important. You said that it didn't take, it took you 10 years. That's what I also want people to understand. And I talk about this also in the book. It is not going to happen overnight. It, one of the things I regret 
doing is not grieving. I didn't, my mom died, I didn't grieve because I had to, and I don't regret, I, I regret not grieving, I don't regret the reason. My dad and my mom were married for 48 years at the time when my mom passed. I'm an only child. I did not tell my dad I had cancer right away. I made that choice. It wasn't selfish, but I, my dad equated cancer with death. And I didn't want him to think he had to live alone on this life, by, on this world, by him, in this world by himself. And I ch- made that choice. I told him eventually, but I, before I started chemo, but I didn't tell him initially. And I, because I, want, I had to be strong and be there for him. And then I had to walk through my own journey, right? And so I didn't grieve until about four years later. And I crashed and burned when I did that. And what I mean by crash and burned, I thank God. I thank God that I didn't turn to any substance abuse, those things, because in people do that and they get and they and they and they they seize their power and they move forward. But for me, it was overworking. It was no no self-care. It was just moving without purpose. And that was killing my spirit and killing me softly. So, you know, so you have to think about where you are in your life and understand that this is not going to happen overnight. For you, Mike, it was 10 years because you were doing things the, the incorrect way. And you realized that during your journey. Yeah. And everybody realizes something different over time, right? Some people realize it the day after, the hour after. I realized it four years later. Right. And it's okay because perfection is an illusion. Right. Yeah. So you have to walk at your own journey, but walk, walk every day, every step of optimism, every step of power. You can overcome adversity because it changes who we are and oftentimes for the better and for our power. You are an amazing example of all of this, the energy you share, despite what you've been through, the optimism you share, despite what you've been through is amazing for people who want to learn about this book, Optimism Always Wins, Moving from Defeat to Life Sea Sweet. How do they go about doing that? Oh, I'm so happy you asked me that. (laughs) Uh, So it is available on Amazon.com. Com. It is available on Amazon.com. And the good news is all of the books royalties are going to two cancer charities. The first is American Cancer Society, Philadelphia Hope Lodge. Um, it is a lodge where um, people, st- where families, caregivers stay when they have a terminally ill loved one that's going to be going through treatment or hospitalization for a long period of time. Um, everyone you know, knows during the pandemic, uh, nonprofits have been hit very hard. And so uh, some of the proceeds are going there. And they're also going to another premier, they're going to a premier research research um, um, institution for integrated breast cancer research and patient care. So I am so happy. The more books we sell, the more people we're going to bless um, in these two charities. So I'm so excited. 
So Amazon.com, please purchase the book. We're going to bless so many people. And I thank you so much, you all. Colleen, Mike, for having me. Oh, this was so wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. One more question for you, though. Who are you hoping will pick up this book? Everybody. Because we all went through 2020. All of us went through 2020. All of us can use a spark of motivation, a spark of optimism. And also, all of us, this book is not just about going through trials. It is about triumph. And there are exercises in the book. There's, you know, there is, there's a journal in the back of the book to write about. So if you just want to take your life from extraordinary, from great to extraordinary, read this book. Again, the title of the book is Optimists Always Win, Moving from Defeat to Life's C-Suite. Thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.